and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Rosemary's Baby, directed by Roman Polanski, starring Mia Farrow and John Cassavetes. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Ooh, it's horror month, baby. Do you like that reverb? I'm in a different room yeah, it's than a, I am normal. It so. sounds like you're uh, you're in you're, you know you're in a spooky corridor. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a I'm in a scary dungeon for all you audio listeners. Technically, this room doesn't have any windows, but I'll tell you, it's brighter than the sun in here. All the walls are white, and everything is like it's like I've been uh, taken to the the afterlife. I'm in heaven at this point, so not uh, you know or uh, King's Cross Station. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, but <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Um, th- uh, I was going to say it's like, uh, the haunted mansion in, uh, in, in Disneyland where it's like, and if you'll notice that this room has no windows and no doors, yeah. you know? <laughs> that's, that's where you are. That's me. Except there's plenty of doors. There's plenty of anyways. Yeah. Right, that, well. we, we could go on and on. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good, Cameron. I'm excited to start horror month with you. I know that the fans of the show are excited. The Patreons are excited. We've got lots of messages. We are pumped up to be doing this. I'm I'm genuinely yeah. uh, spooked and you know curious. I think my relationship with horror films is very uh, weird because for a long time I was too scared to watch any of them, and then <laughs> I kind of took this class in college about sci-fi and horror and realized that like some of horror and and what happens in horror movies right is like really unique with the genre they're exploring uh like the power of mystery or like you know playing with the audience's expectations and then there's all this neat commentary happening at the same time and so i kind of learned about it in this technical sense and then i was you know more interested in exploring it then i learned like the power of comedy with horror and then we had our first year in cinema spectator with it and it was a great month I'm excited to get into this one with you, Cameron. Now that I feel like I'm a little bit more explored in this this region, but still unsure, a little bit uh, a little bit nervous about it still, especially after watching this film, uh, which we will get into. But how you feeling about Horror Month, Cameron? I'm excited about it. Um, you know, it's weird because I kind of agree with you. I was never really that into horror movies. I I'm less so for the fact that I was like. Um, scared of them or whatever. I mean, I, I didn't really watch them. You know, my family didn't watch them growing up, so it wasn't really something that I had uh, grown accustomed to. And then kind of like in high school, I started watching more horror movies, more um, and not just horror movies, but like different weirder movies, things that were more unusual than sort of, you know, your standard um, Hollywood blockbuster or whatever else. And Horror had always stood out to me as being very um, either one way or another, like very much interesting and deep and lots of, like you said, mystery and uh, and kind of exploring dark themes, exploring this sort of underbelly of emotion or underbelly of, you know, what you know, what people can feel towards each other. Mm. Um and then on the other end, it was total schlock, you know, like it's, yeah. it totally has the two divides of being like on one side, it's very deep and very interesting and sometimes can be very moving. And on the other, it is just complete schlock and totally useless and has no bearing on 
um, you know, being so I, I always had associated horror with, you know, those kinds of things like this, you know, the sinister movies or the, you know, the the very like you go like PG-13 horror movies that you go to uh, in high school with your friends or whatever. You know, like that's what I always associated with as like modern horror movies. And kind of when I started exploring more old movies and exploring movies that came out of, I guess, kind of the time period that we're talking about today, um, you know, the 60s and 70s. That's when I started to really appreciate horror movies. And then, you know, since then, there there actually have been a lot of recent horror movies that have kind of had a resurgence. Uh, I would say that have great artistic value and that actually deserve to be sort of in the canon of, of great movies, um, regardless of if they're horror movies or not. Uh, and you know, I, I think I was, my expectations, it's a genre that I didn't really like before. And so my expectations have changed along with it. Um, and and I think it's worth, you know, if you're not a horror fan and I know a lot of people aren't, um, I think it's actually worth exploring to some degree, certain movies of this time period that, you know, we'll be talking about. I would say for most of the month, maybe uh, we haven't really locked down the um, the exact movies yet. But I would say a lot of these movies come from this time where themes are being explored in a relatively deep way. They're allowed to show things on screen that are a little bit more intense um, and they're kind of allowed to to have this freedom in a way that makes things interesting. And, um, you know, it's still it's you know, it's not it's not today's horror movies. They're not going to like, you know, scare the pants off of you, but they're also reflective of things that were happening at the time. And so I think, I think they're totally worth visiting still. If you're, you know, if you're hesitant about horror movies, watch old horror movies is what I would say. Yeah. I'd actually agree with that. I felt like my, I guess, academic introduction to it explored like really old films like Nosferatu which is like black and white and you could barely see it the film is so grainy right um but there was all like a purpose behind slowly doing those kind of movies into stuff that's a little bit more modern and I think what's interesting about horror is that there's something sort of like like I know so many people that are polarized on the subject right they're like I hate horror movies or I love them and I used to be one of those people and I, I think that most people actually don't hold a polar opinion, whether or not they say they do or they don't. And it came with the realization when I was studying horror films uh, where like I realized that I know this is maybe a, a little bit of a stretch for some people, but like technically the cartoon Scooby-Doo is like one of the best collections of horror like in terms of like hitting all the check marks, you know, balancing like comedy yeah. with mystery and also like the suspenseful elements and all these things. And I was like, wow, I've always enjoyed that show from like an extremely young age. And I was drawn to the elements that are fundamental to the show, but those are the fundamentals of like all horror, you know? And so like, yeah. you'll see some of those aspects kind of crawl their way into things that have like mass appeal. I mean, Last week, we talked about the movie Parasite, which I think blends horror elements into the movie. Um, most people would probably consider that like a thriller drama, but there are definite scenes in that movie that are like 
some of the best horror setups that I've seen and they're going to stick with me. I mean, we talked yeah. about the shot of the film and whatnot, right? So if, if like horror isn't your genre, if you hate spooky Halloween time and all that stuff, you know, I would encourage you loosen up a little bit, you know, like you actually probably do enjoy some horror in some aspects. I mean, yeah. a, a, a perfect example is my dad who says that he will not watch horror movies, but like, Last year when we were doing this, this, this section, I was telling him, he was like, oh, you're such a disgrace, son, watching horror movies. He's the one that was like, but you know, if you haven't seen Halloween, we should really watch it. And I was like, what? Mm. Like, is this really coming out of your mouth? And so we watched, <laughs> we watched this movie and he's like, oh, this was so scary when I was, when I was in high school, you know? And, and then he talked about how much he loved like John Carpenter's music. And we were talking about how like we watched the thing for the podcast and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, my dad, who basically like says all horror movies are evil, like is telling me how much he enjoys The Thing and Alien and, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween and stuff. And it's like, wow, like I think it's a genre that is easily like, you know, spit down on and un underappreciated. Yeah. And I think that's why giving a month to it is exciting. You have anything to add to that, Cameron? I know this is kind of an introduction, but I think it's fun to kind of sit on it for a second. No, I, to I totally agree. It's, it's, um, you know, I think horror, like you said, is totally underrated in a lot of ways and people don't give it the chance that they should. Um, and I would say horror movies aren't really all that much about scaring you in the, you know, the sort of, they're not, they shouldn't be about sort of startling you they should actually be about scaring you um which is a deeper feeling a more intense feeling something that kind of lasts with you for a while and um i would say that's what all cinema is striving towards is making you feel something not in the immediate in the sort of you know it's it, here's a g great example of this actually and then we can move on um You've always seen you you know this scene, right? There's two characters and they they don't have any chemistry with each other, but the music swells and you're supposed to believe that they you know they're falling in love and blah blah blah. That that is what a jump scare is in a horror movie, right? Mm -hmm. It's using sort of the environment to to start to to trick your brain into thinking thinking it that you're scared when you're actually not. You actually don't believe it. But a a true horror movie, a truly um, you know, something that will deeply unsettle you or something that will sort of rock you, um, you know, not just for a moment, not just for a jump scare is something that, you know, is set up and takes time and maybe doesn't even have jump scares and will just, will, will sit with you and linger with you for, you know, maybe forever. So that's, that's my take on horror movies. Let them, you know, don't be, don't be scared off by the schlock. Um, there's good stuff in there. Also, if you like funny movies, I feel like horror movies have a very special place for you as well. I mean, we talked about Evil Dead a little bit. Like some some of the funniest moments in films happen in a in a horror context. And there's definitely the campy side, but there's also like a this this battle between like, you know, tension and the release intention with comedy right so if you're interested in so, sort of my earlier exploration of film which Cameron has run me through with this podcast last year in october we did a bunch of great films you can check that out here uh cameron before i get into your hot take which we've been doing at the beginning of each episode 
I want to, uh, we've been forgetting to talk about what we've been watching lately. And I was wondering if you've yeah. had any time to watch anything. We haven't done this segment for a couple weeks. And so I feel like we actually have something to talk about. So you shoot first. Yeah. Um, so I finished season two of, of Fargo. Still amazing. Um, I, you know, I loved it. I think that show is actually really excellent. At least the first two seasons that I've seen. Um, me and Kiana started Squid Game. We watched the first episode and I'm sure we'll, we'll continue on. Um, it was good, but I don't really have anything more to say other than, you know, I'm interested and I don't have too much on it because we're kind of it's the pilot we're just sort of getting started so yeah um and then other than that um i did watch uh i rewatched mad max fury road with mm. uh juzo in the theaters it was amazing our first time going back to the alamo draft house in like almost two years now wow. Wow. Uh, which is crazy it's it feels like it's been way too long um but it was just an awesome time we had <laughs> we had such a fun time yeah like that movie is it reminded me a lot because we saw that for the first time together we did um, yeah. in the theaters in 2015 when it came out um and i was telling juzo about the story of like you know we we didn't even know what it was we kind of just walked into the theater and picked something at random mm -hmm. and uh you know it was it blew us all away and we yeah. were so um, into it. So it was good to relive that good to kind of have that, um, you know, that experience again. Uh, other than that, I, uh, was talking about Returnal, uh, the, the game that I was playing, I platinumed it finally. Very so nice. I can, I, I deleted it off my console Oof. and then I'm playing through the last of us two right now. Uh, and it's very good. I, it kind of goes with the theme of horror movies actually. So, yeah, um, you know, I saw you, I saw you playing that on PlayStation. I was like, Oh, it's about time for Cameron to get back into some depressing video games, you know? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm I was just having too much fun. Yeah. I, I was, I was, uh, I'm curious what you think of it. I don't know if you have much to add on your initial impressions, but, um, um, it's, well, I mean, I replayed the last of us a little while ago. Um, and I feel like right now it's, it's an excellent expansion of the story. It feels very similar. Um, the jumping from Returnal to the last of us, it was, it was a little bit hard because it kind of chugs, um, in terms of like how weighty you feel, um, yeah, just yeah. gameplay wise. Um, but you know, I, I've gotten used to it and the stealth is like awesome. It's so good. And there's sequences in this game that, um, have kind of blown me away with the amount of, uh, interaction in a lot of ways that you don't really find with, um, with other Naughty Dog games. Although to be fair, it is very linear, um, mm -hmm. which is to be expected. But at the same time, I felt a lot more that you can, kind of experiment with things and it, it gives you a little bit more freedom than the first game i would say um and you know in a lot of ways i find myself kind of ignoring a lot of enemies and kind of sneaking my way past um i'm playing pretty stealthily i i'm also playing on hard so it's kind of hard to go guns blazing because there's not enough ammo but um you know it's i think it's it's a lot of fun. It's a very dark game and it it has unsettled me in a lot of uh moments. Um in a way that you know, you you've played The Last of Us. It's like that that game is dark and it's very kind of depressing, but it's still fun. It's still a good um game and and kind of the the gameplay is is very hooking. 
Um, this game is like is very dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it makes you makes you feel it. So um, I'm excited to finish it, and uh, you know, I I think I'm almost halfway through. So mm. you know, well, I I know that you know usually we don't linger on video games too far, but The Last of Us Part Two has been one of the most divisive and story driven versions of like a video game ever to exist. It sparked a yep. lot of conversation. I think there's a lot of narrative push in it. The first game had an attention to, or, or I guess maybe like more of a more of a theme dialed in about hope, which is usually a pretty well tread uh, ground in apocalyptic movies. And this this game I know has some heavy themes of anger and revenge. And so I have I have not had any interest to play something this depressing, um, but. <laughs> But uh, it is interesting to see the response, the public response to this game when it came out. I have not wanted to visit it because of the conversation around it. And I'm actually interested to play it much later uh, when people have stopped talking about it. I can take I could just take it in and embrace it for what it is. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. cu- I'm curious to get your final takes on it when you finish it. Um, but yes, this is not a video game podcast. <laughs> This is a movie podcast. I uh, you recently, know. <laughs> I I recently uh, watched the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, with my dad randomly. Um, hmm. It was a very uh, fun experience. I had forgotten basically what that movie was like at all, and it actually holds up pretty well. I think it was. I th- I think it was fun to re-explore. It's so interesting to dive into like these like teen driven like dramas that people were just totally into at the time. That was such a like, yeah, 20 teens like moment for people. Um, but the hunger games, I read all those books and it's kind of neat to see like how creativity has, like they were trying to be creative with not really knowing if the movie was going to be a success. And the first one has a lot of shaky cam and some interesting choices in the way that it's put together. I, I, I think that that movie has surprisingly lasted a, a long time. Oh, there's so. a dog. <laughs> Hi, Sadie. I don't know how she got in here. I only shut two doors to make sure she didn't. So um, <laughs> she just kind of does what she wants, I guess. She just blasts through every door. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yes, that was that was uh, Juliana's family dog, Sadie. Um, yeah, so I watched that and I watched... Um, if i've been watching anything else i thought i had something else to talk about oh well we're going to talk about that for the patreon episode we haven't recorded the patreon one yet um but yeah i was like wow i actually watched something i should talk about that on my podcast usually we don't this is cinema spectator we talk about movies we promise and we talk about the movie that's in the title you can support us patreon.com slash ecfs productions throw a couple dollars our way get exclusive benefits like a exclusive episode having questions read on air uh, being able to vote on what movies we watch each month. A lot of people are excited to vote for Horror Month. So if you want to get in on that, you can join and join the vote. We're trying to put the poll up as early as possible so you guys can start voting and get your say in on what we're going to watch in Horror Month. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. You can support us uh, by giving us a rating on iTunes, tell friends and family, you know, subscribe to it on Spotify, repost our stuff on social media. We're at ECFS Productions on all platforms. So talk to us there, message us. We'd love to get to know you. We love the fact that you're supporting the show. Cameron, I think it's time to actually get into the movie now that's 20 minutes in. I'm going to shut this door because 
I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. I'm going to lock it. I'm going to make sure that the dog doesn't come back in. But Yeah, lock it. <laughs> well, yeah, um, this week, as we mentioned, we watched Rosemary's Baby. And um, it's kind of an interesting one because it comes early on in terms of – so I would say – uh, you know, we, we watched, uh, I guess the exorcist, which was 1971 or 73 or something. Um, and we also, um, watched psycho, which was, uh, 1960. So this was kind of in between them, kind of when horror movies and movies in general were maturing, I would say in a lot of ways, um, things were getting much more dark. The code had ended uh, in 1958. So uh, this was kind of a wave of movies in the 60s that, you know, you think of something like um, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or um, uh, uh, Psycho is is actually a very good example of this. Um, These movies that were kind of elevating the genre in a way that hadn't been seen because of censorship. Um, and then I would say, obviously there's, you know, there's a swing and then a swing back. So in the, I would say in the eighties kind of it swung back and things were terrible again. But, um, (laughs) in, in the sixties and seventies, I think there was a large run of movies, um, brought on by guys like Polanski, like Francis Ford Coppola, um, like, uh, Scorsese, these guys who kind of took the genre, took influences from France, took influences from, um, you know, uh, uh, worldly movies, um, and, you know, were able to elevate things in a new way. Um, and I think Rosemary's Baby is a great example of this as sort of an early example of maybe new Hollywood um, picking up a genre that had kind of been maybe long dead or, or sort of, um, not, you know, it was, it was at the end of, of, uh, Hitchcock's, you know, largest reign kind of, um, picking it up, dusting it off, putting a new spin on things, taking influences from, you know, from foreign movies and making it this kind of interesting new, um, project that was, somewhat offensive for the time that was somewhat uh you know a, a bit out there and um it wasn't you know this isn't a movie necessarily that has a lot of thrills per se in terms of you know uh what you would traditionally think of but it's a movie that um is kind of a good example of what I was talking about where it's dealing with things that are that are much more uh, in some ways, I guess psychological, um, and things that are that are scarier on not just the the superficial level, but um, a a deeper level, sort of maybe a more meaningful level. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my brief introduction. Uh, Roman Polanski, obviously, this is kind of one of his breakout movies. He did another one in 1965. I forget the name of that. Um, I should know it, but, uh, yeah, this was actually, I, I do want to talk about this cause there's kind of a, a, fu- uh, an interesting story ab- about this movie and the context of it, you know, within Roman Polanski's life. Um, a lot of people consider this movie to be cursed. Um, and you know, whether or not you take that seriously is, is your deal. But, um, there was a lot of people associated with the movie that, uh, ended up, uh, things went poorly for them uh, in the in the coming years after this, and Polanski especially was um, obviously very troubled in his younger years. He was a person who 
um, you know, escaped the uh, 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 concentration camp in Poland. Um, he's someone who, you know, he literally walked through the forest, at, you know, to to escape a concentration camp. Um, and so, you know, he he was he was someone who came from a kind of a dark past. And then, you know, the year after this, 1969, is when the Manson murders happened. And that was at his house um, with his then pregnant wife. So um, th- that kind of colors this movie, maybe not this movie necessarily, but some people consider this movie to be a little bit, um, uh, have a reputation for uh, leaving a stain on certain people who are involved in the movie. So um, I just want to point that out because, you know, it's a little spooky. And I don't know if I believe in that necessarily. Um, seems superstitious to me. But uh, I will say it's interesting that that there's, uh, I guess there's reverberations from this movie that, that carried on um, in real life. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's my intro. Yeah, it's an, it's interesting to to put some context around the director because this movie it's it openly talks about how God is is dead in this film, right? And some of you might know that, you know, I, I personally have a Christian faith and whatnot. And it's it's despite, you know, maybe what some people feel about religion or, you know, Christianity or things like that, that's actually not something you hear super often in a lot of forms of media or art or it's usually tied to something or or at least maybe the art that I consume and the last time I actually remember hearing something like that was reading the book night from uh Eli Weissel or something like that right the 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 holocaust book and so it was interesting because that was the first thing I thought of um when watching this movie I I was like wow I haven't heard I guess some sort of art form talk about, you know, God being dead so aggressively since I read a book about the Holocaust back in high school. And so that's crazy. I didn't know anything about this director being related to um, the Holocaust or escaping it or something like that. And yeah, I mean, that that seriously has some trauma reading through um, the night and stuff like that's some heavy stuff. And to then be linked to uh, the Manson murders, it's like, wow. Uh, Yeah, I didn't. I had no context for anything like that. I just thought whoever made it was quite cynical and and I understood that, right? Sure. This- I think I think that's true, although I will say I don't think the movie's perspective is that God is dead. Um but I think we can get into that when we when we get to our interpretations. I think actually this movie takes the thought of evil very seriously. Um and that's that's one thing that is probably um, probably due to the fact that he had such a traumatic past. Um, and, uh, it, th- that's different from saying, so, uh, saying that evil is like taking evil very seriously is a different perspective than, than nihilism, which I think is the, the God is dead perspective, I mm. guess. Um, so, and I, I think, I think there is something, um, I think there is something deeply seriously contemplating uh, uh, contemplative about this movie. I don't think it's I don't think it's dismissive at all of uh of of evil or of good um either. So well, I mean I'll I'll just say it out flat right. My my impression of this film is very mixed. I don't I didn't necessarily like it. I think there were some 
of my own subjective feelings about about coming through. I mean, with my own personal faith and and whatnot, and this movie just kind of seeming to cross lines and then move into a level of camp that I was just kind of confused by. It clearly has a lot of things it wants to say, and it makes it clear throughout the movie that it's trying to itch at things, whether it's a conversation around, you know, medicine or women in pregnancy or, you know, her boyfriend being like this total sleaze guy who's trying to become famous, right? There, There's so many little aspects of the plot that are trying to comment on society at that time. It just didn't connect in a way that, for for me personally, that, that I felt engaged with. Um, and I think part of it was the execution of the mystery in the film. Because I felt that the movie reveals a lot of things early on that are pretty clear setups. And I it, I don't think it's really trying to hide that. But it left me sort of, um, I guess, almost kind of bored in, in some ways. I was like, I, I think they are, like I, I, I'd come to conclusions about sort of where the film was going. And then when it went there, I was like, Okay, you know, like and and so I I was longing for the movie to explore a little bit of I mean, not to get straight into spoilers, but the ending felt like to me, I was like I almost wish that they left it a little bit e- like even further open ended. Mm-hmm. where it was like is she crazy or is she not, right? That would have been yeah, more exciting yeah. for me than this almost absurd like uh, the ending is just just whack okay and and i felt like not only is it like kind of goofy but there was also like a personal side of me that was like do i really want to be watching a movie where all the people are saying hail satan you know okay you know like maybe it is supposed to be funny but there was a side of me that was like it's kind of irritating to me like it it's not and so it's interesting for me to hear you say like oh this movie takes evil seriously when at the same time it's sort of funny at the end it's so ridiculous and goofy and the guy there's that asian guy running around taking pictures and stuff and i'm just uh, like i would say that's probably more of a modern perspective i am the the goofiness of it um cuz i think probably in 1968 it would have been very shocking uh, that scene um I, though I will, I will agree with you. And structurally, I don't think it makes a lot of sense either um, to end the movie that way. But I, I, like you said, I don't really want to get into spoilers right away. Um, but I, I'm kind of, I'm actually in agreement with you a lot that the movie kind of, um, uh, there would be something interesting about it leaving it open. Although, to be fair, um, that's not necessarily. I don't think the mystery was the focus of the movie. Um, I think uh, uh, in some ways you're supposed to feel that that what's happening is inevitable. You know, there's there's something suspicious about what's going on. There's some, you know, she feels it very early. She feels that there's something off very early. Um, But it's almost like she 
she's unable to come to the realization that, yes, there actually is something very off until the end, um, until she, you know, is running around uh, trying to hide from from everybody. Um, but I, I do I do agree in some ways that, like, I think if you left it with um, almost like a Last of Us ending, you know, the original Last mm, of Us, yeah. um, if you kind of left it like that, where, you know, Part of you knows. Part of you knows that this isn't real, that or that that this is real. But she she you know she doesn't want to to believe it or something. Um, I think that could be interesting. So um, yeah, I I don't I don't disagree. And just like to kind of continue on my train of thought, I felt that like that that's that's what really began to irk me is that like a lot of movies when I watch them, I can kind of like especially with the last few films, right, that we've done in, in Korean Cinema Month, which has, which have just been excellent, I think. It's been so fun to explore that stuff. I I felt like this film was, was this experience in watching it where I was wishing that it would do other things almost at all times. And I haven't had that kind of, like, frustration in a movie in a long time. I know that there's been a conversation about watching movies where it's like you can't have expectations, but sometimes when I watch a movie, it's almost like I can't believe they're missing some opportunities, you know? And I would say the ending is one. I would say that this movie is gorgeous. It's on Technicolor, which we've had conversations about in the past, and it does some really, you know, neat, like... um it, like it, it has moments like there's one really early on with a dresser, right? That's blocking a door and there's like this mystery behind it. And it's kind of like, you want to know what's happening. And they just kind of sterilely show what goes on with it. You know, it's very like, I, I really wish that there were moments that were like, I was like, man, like I really want to be intrigued by this. And they just kind of, oh, you know, that's just a thing there. And I'm like, well, I want to kind of chew on that for a long time. I want to be like, I want to be intrigued more. I want to be pulled in more. And you're right. I don't think the mystery is the point. But when you have so many good elements that could have been awesome, you know, it, small moments like at the beginning where they talk about the, they're in the laundry room and they're like, oh, this place is creepy. I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a great moment when they go back to the laundry room. And there's nothing. There's, <laughs> they never go back to it, you know? Yeah. And so I just felt like, I just kind of felt frustrated overall. I definitely missed a lot of the effectiveness of this film. I missed a lot of what maybe people love about it. And in the end felt just kind of like empty with it. I was like, well, you know, that's just one of those movies, I guess. And I don't care for it, you know? And so yeah. I, I'm, I'm sad to report like that's how it came down. I just, I think it was a mix of things. I think some of it might've been, you know, subjective opinion i was texting our executive producer darren i was like man like i just don't like none of that like satan voodoo stuff like that's just not my cup of tea when it comes to horror like you want to talk about a creepy monster a serial killer like some sort of mystery alien or something like that or you know that's like i'm drawn to that kind of thing even some like weird witch magic but when you start talking about like the devil and all that, i'm like nah 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 jesus amen get that crap away from me i'm not about that you know um, and so like, it, yeah, we had an interesting just text about that. And so I think there's a subjective side to this film where I was like, I was never going to like it just because of some of the content. 
but also even the parts that I was drawn into felt like really, they fell really flat for me. And for the ending to be like almost comical for me at some points um, to just unset, like unsettling, but just also like funny. I was just like, what, what is this? Like, this is just weird. I'm not, I'm not about it, you know? Um, So yeah, I mean, Cameron, like I'd love to know sort of, your thought process behind introducing this film, maybe your, your, your experience watching it and, and coming around to it or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, I think for me, what, what I find interesting with this movie is, I mean, I think like you, because, um, because of, of my faith and because it's something that actually is more scary than, than monsters to me. Um, this idea of, of, people who are willing to sell themselves out to, Mm. um, you know, to be successful and whatnot like that. Actually, that actually is something that is more scary than, um, almost anything else to me. So, um, that's kind of why I enjoy these movies and especially this movie, because it's not, it's not really about Satan worshipers. Like it kind of is, but for the most part, it's about you selling out yourself and your wife and your family to to gain success in the present um and that i think is actually very dark mm, <laughs> and very yeah. and it's a it's a very good commentary so i think the writer who wrote the book uh, which this is based on um he was someone who was i think very disillusioned with hollywood and so he kind of wrote a lot of the elements of this movie or of the book um as kind of a you know, a middle finger in the way to, to Hollywood, which I think you can kind of see. Um, and the fact that Polanski just keeps it like a total, you know, he doesn't even change a, a, a bit of it. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't pretend that it's not, you know, that Hollywood's not a bunch of Satan worshipers. <laughs> you're like, you're like, Oh, well, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess like he kind of feels that way too, Yeah, you know, yeah. um, which is kind of, that's kind of interesting. Like that is something that, um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of bold on, on his part in some ways Um, as someone who's kind of, you know, he's early on obviously, but as someone who's kind of entrenched in the Hollywood um, ecosystem, I think that's pretty interesting that he's willing to put that out there. Um, You know, and, and to some degree, like that's what I think in a lot of ways, this movie so obviously it's about, you know, someone realizing something terrible about their, their husband or terrible about their, you know, the one that they care about, which I think is a real, um, is definitely a real feeling. It's definitely something that people, uh, hopefully not often, but I think a lot of people feel it on sort of the micro level. Um, but the fact that, you know, so she realizes this thing, um, you know, not only that he's he's sort of joined joined this coven or whatever, but also that he's he's totally selling her out and selling her future, selling out her, you know, her her baby. I think that that is pretty deeply unsettling. Um, and that's kind of what I enjoy about the movie most is. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is it, I feel like this movie is not really like glorifying or on the side of the Satan worshipers at all. Oh yeah. Um, no, no, no. 
I, I mean, so, like, I, I agree with you. And it like, I don't know. You're saying like, oh, it's pretty bold of him to like say those things. And he definitely seems like a bold person. I mean, this, this movie's contents wow. are they're pre- like for 1968, I was, did not expect to see anything like I, what I saw in this movie. I mean, from, I mean, there's legit, like what a devil worshiping rape scene or something. I was like, what yeah. is this? You know, like, which this is, is this- yeah, which is pretty, was is pretty bad. Like it's pretty, awful feeling like it makes you it it's not like scary in the traditional sense but it, it definitely makes you feel like gross and yeah definitely like leaves you unsettled and especially that next scene is very uncomfortable i yeah. feel like that scene is really um is really dark uh but yeah yeah and it's all yeah it's almost like just as worse you know it was interesting i watched this yeah. movie with jewels which was kind of an experience um but she was drawn into a lot of the commentary around i guess like womanhood and some uh, some of the the conversation around childbirth she thought the ending was really dumb and it almost like d like for her it felt like any validation or conversation that the movie was trying to have was thrown out the window because of the ending like for her she was more interested in the way that people we're treating um, Rosemary, the character who's who's having the kid the whole time, and um, sort of the, the commentary about the man and his, you know, his role while she's being, you know, like she was getting very emotional with like, she needs to be taking medicine. Like she was like, what is she doing? Why is she listening to those doctors? You can't trust those doctors, blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right, Juliana, you know. And she, and, and you know, so it was it was cool to see like kind of her, perspective and begin to appreciate aspects of the movie. Um, I think what was tragic about it is just how the ending for her was like, well, that movie meant nothing, you know? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to say that it didn't mean nothing, but it clearly at this point has you not wanting to even consider anything it's saying, you know? Um, yeah. Well, I, I mean, here's the thing that I'll say is a lot of horror movies do this. Um, and it's something that is kind of, uh, maybe like a, a classic flaw in the horror movie genre. Mm. I'm not sure anybody really has has fixed it or figured it out even. Um, you know, like remember Psycho when when that end scene where he just like explains the whole plot and you're like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> you right, know? right, um, right. Like that's the same thing. It's this. It's like literally the same exact thing as this movie um, in a lot of ways and structurally functions the same way. Um, and I think is just as bad too. You know, like it's just as it's just as uh, uh, like um, not unsettling in like the way that it's meant to do, but right, like leaves right. you being like, oh, oh, that was that's stupid. But yeah, yeah. Th- the problem is, I, I wouldn't discount the movie because of the ending. In the same way that like I wouldn't discount Psycho and the exciting, fun, interesting things that it does just because the ending kind of sucks, um, which is true. Like everybody thinks that everybody yeah. knows that the ending kind of sucks. Um, this movie is is very similar where I'd say like, yeah, kind of forget the ending. Like it's not really about that. And it kind of, the problem with horror movies in a lot of ways is that it needs to do something to wrap up, you know, like it needs yeah. to do something to wrap up the story. And I don't think that really suits it, like a story like this in a lot of ways. Um, and even today, even modern horror movies, I hope we're going to get to watch hereditary. Um, Cause I think 
uh, I don't want to say anything about the end necessarily, but a lot of the criticism of that movie is that sort of for the last third, it stops being the movie that it was before and starts to just take on traditional horror themes, um, which I think is valid. I think that's an accurate criticism. Um, but this this movie is kind of the same way, and I think this is something endemic to the horror genre in a lot of ways. Um, so I would say, personally, this is just my take on things. Most horror movies, you can kind of just discount the last, like, at least the conclusion, maybe a little bit before that. Mm. Um, and if it still works, and if the movie still excites you in those ways, without that, um, I think there's there's something positive about the movie at the very least, um, and probably maybe something something even more than that. You know, I think the, the examples for me that where like the end is is like good in a horror movie. I mean, I think the thing has a great ending. Um, I think Evil Dead's ending is great, but that's because it's ambiguous and like right. it's not it's not it's not really meant to conclude the story. Um, I don't know. I think it. Uh, I I would say also Texas Chainsaw Massacre has a really good ending. But again, it's one that leaves you scared because it doesn't end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's. Um. So so. I don't know. That's that's a challenge with horror movies that I think probably we're not going to get over necessarily. Uh, we still haven't gotten over to this day. So. Yeah, um, it's that's actually a very interesting subject matter that i haven't really considered is that what horror movie endings am i drawn to because i feel like it's either generic like we beat the bad guy kind of thing which i would say that's more with like you know you talk about the thing or you talk about alien or you know any of the the horror films in the 80s where there's a monster right um those movies end in a way that's so predictable it's almost like you can forget the ending. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's not even anything you think about afterwards because it's exactly what you thought it was going to be. So you're done with it. Right. Then there are the horror movies that actually have intriguing mysteries and you are like, you're so desperate to know what happens. And then when they explain it, it it kills any, any (laughs) velocity that the movie had in the first place. Right. Yeah. Um, And then there's like evil dead Two, which is like, you know, balls off the wall. Like we're just, we're not even going to go anywhere you ever expected. And there's something about those endings that I'm kind of drawn to the most. Um, yeah, because I'm not even sure why, but maybe, maybe it is just that perfect blending of camp and crazy and, and scary all at the same time. But I mean, like, like I, I've always talked about how Jordan Peele's uh, horror movies, which are pre- very recent, um, like those movies are considered one of my some of my favorites. Um, especially Us, I love Us, but the ending of Us is just whack. Like it is just, it's, it is like explaining something that doesn't even make sense, and I don't know if that's blending a side of like the killing killing the energy of the movie but also trying to be like the end of evil dead where it's like this is going somewhere i didn't even expect at all you know like i don't know i i agree with you cameron i think that's super insightful to be saying like horror movies don't have endings i think 
what is j- just to get back on topic this this movie like there is something about the ending that you aren't you don't want to discount you know there's like there's like yeah. a false yeah. ending there's an ending with her like you know getting sedated and then thinking you know it's over right i'm sorry i, I almost spoiled it i was i'm trying not to spoil it right <laughs> but then there's but then yeah. there's like there's a um there's like a a revamping of like like i i don't know how to say it but it, it's almost like there's a new objective that's presented within the last 10 minutes right and mm-hmm, suddenly mm-hmm. the movie like starts to press on the accelerator again and that that closet that you see at the very beginning comes back and you're like oh my goodness like this is crazy like what's it what's gonna happen and like she, there's that amazing shot where she's looking through the keyhole she has the knife right you're like oh my goodness like this is like it's turning up it's going crazy and um i'm watching it with jules and she's like yes 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 like kill them kill them and i was like she she wanted a tarantino ending i was like whoa juliana like this is wow i did not expect you I was yeah, expecting yeah, this out yeah. of you you know uh just like and i think it 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 brings you in and you're so excited to get back into this this um this kind of like this this train of um like like she's kind of she's kind of back in the game you know for a minute right because she realizes too late and she's almost she's running around she's going to dr hill right at the ending and she doesn't she doesn't quite get away right but then suddenly, like, she has this opportunity to have a comeback, right, against her adversaries. And then, like, you're just so involved when that cor- the camera is, like, behind her. And she, like, walks into that room with a knife. And, like, all the people slowly start to notice her, which is a great scene. And then it just devolves yeah, into this, like, awesome. zero reaction. <laughs> like, nobody, <laughs> e- like, nothing happens. Like, they're all just like, oh, hello, you know? Like, it's just... I don't know, like, again, this movie left me longing for a different film. And it's almost the highest praise I can give this movie, which is weird. I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds weird. Hmm. You can hear in my tone that, like, there's so much that I was intrigued by and so little that I felt rewarded with. And maybe i'm just being a entertain me kind of viewer but sorry sometimes i am you know i'm not gonna like i'm not just gonna hand it over sometimes i'm not just gonna be like oh that was great because it had some good moments i don't know i was just this movie had a lot to win over for me and it never did and i think that's the best i can i can put it so yeah I mean, I, like I said, I get it and I get having the reaction of like, oh, that's it. And I I would say even the last part is empowering to the character, which again is kind of the point. Um, like I, I, I think that's obvious, like with the inevitability element of the movie, um, where it's like the, you know, immovable object basically, you know, and there's not. like i don't know it's like something is going to happen she knows it's going to happen she wants to believe that it's not going to happen but it's just it's already done you know like there's there's no so like the kind of the whole movie is disempowering in 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 a very open way um but then at the same time like 
I don't know. I do like that last scene in terms of of how it's set up. Um, like you said, and I I also feel like the um I don't know. I I'm not sure that I would. I, I'm not sure that I'd be like super happy either way if it, if she like came in like knife swing and like killing everybody or whatever. Like I don't think that's really the tone of the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I yeah. don't really feel like um, it would serve it very well if if that's kind of what what happened. I don't know. I'm I'm conflicted, I, and I hear what you're saying. Um, like I I get it, uh, but in my mind. Um, this movie stands out as one that kind of, um, you know, despite maybe having something be a bit goofy in the end, being one that's filled with, with tension in a way that is so subtle that it doesn't, it does it almost doesn't even feel like it's tense, you know, like it's so, it's so like, so here's one thing that I noticed about the movie, and I, I, I hope you could speak to this. Um, so I obviously watch this at home in my room, and I have a very good sound system. Um, you know, it's it's 5.1, so I can kind of hear everything very well. And I noticed that in the moments, in the scenes where she's in pain, um, or the scenes where she's kind of like being very like anxious and having a lot of anxiety. Um, there's a very low noise. Um, that's almost like a hum. It sounds like feedback from like a microphone or something. Um, I don't know if you noticed this. Did you? No, I didn't. I did not notice it. No. So, so yeah, I noticed that there was this low kind of feedback noise and that it clears up when she gets better, when the pain stops. And I was like, oh, wow, that's super interesting because it was grating on me and I didn't even realize, mm. you know, like it was grating on me in a in a way that I was like, you know, like I felt the anxiety. I felt the sort of um, the the very like subtle pull of you know maybe someone in pain or something like that like yeah i felt that um and then when it stopped it cleared up and i was like wow that's like such a good way to do that you yeah know? like that's a, such yeah, a this is super awesome um such a subtle way to have that instill that feeling of anxiety that feeling of tense you know almost like grating on your you know on your mind that you is imperceptible that you don't even really notice that once you do notice it's gone you f- you feel better for for a brief moment and then it comes back obviously mm, later yeah, but yeah. like the so that's what i mean by like this movie is scary in this subtle way um in in the way that it it's able to kind of prick at you um on like almost because it's so mundane in a lot of ways because it's so um, you know, it's very domestic, you know, it's a movie about two people living in an apartment. There's an old couple in the, you know, the next room and they're, they're hanging out, they're getting, you know, chocolate mousse or whatever. Um, and it's not very scary in the traditional sense, but it is very unsettling because of how well it's made and because yeah. of how well the sequences are tied together. Um, and for a brief moment, you kind of wonder if she's crazy. You know what I mean? You kind of wonder if she's going insane. Um, 
and I think I think it's done really well in that way. So I don't know. I I think this movie has a lot special to it, just in terms of even like filmmaking. Not not to mention, I think I I do want to get into sort of thematic elements, and maybe we can spoil it and and move on there. But um, thematically, I think it also has uh, something interesting to say as well. So. Well, yeah, let's, let's just say moving forward, we're going to be spoiler free. I mean, we got 15 minutes left of the episode. We've done our best. This movie's old. So if you've seen it, you've seen it. And if you haven't, I mean, I don't know if I recommend it, but um, it's interesting what you're saying about the, the sort of so, some of the design of the movie being mundane or even like. I totally felt like a sense of irritation in this movie. Yeah. And for a long time, I, or well, I mean, hearing you say that it's almost part of the design almost makes me scoff at it. Like there's just like, like, well, no wonder, (laughs) you know, like no wonder I just found it kind of a chore to watch it. And before we started recording Cameron, you're like, you were, you were telling me, um, Oh, like we, we might have a theme for this, this month, you know, and we had a discussion about how we wanted to, there's a lot up in the air with horror month. We want to be able to cater to our audience, but also like Cameron has some cool ideas around it. And one of his ideas was, around exploring movies with witches. Right. And with this movie on the forefront of my mind, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, I can't do this. Like, and I was like, this movie was just, I, I don't know. Like I, I was genuinely just like, I just don't want to watch anything like that. Uh, and, and sure. Some of it is subject matter, but a lot of it was just kind of a pain to get through, you know? Um, and so, you know, there's, there's a side of some people is like, Oh, that's, that's the end design. And I'm like, I'm glad you're getting off to that, you know, because I'm not like, I don't want to watch that, you know, like it's not anything that I want to sit through. And so I don't know, like kudos to the movie. I like, I love the sound design choices. That's great. Uh, it's a clearly effective. Um, uh, it's just starting to make me roll my eyes and say like, okay, well it just seems like more and more this movie wants me to dislike it. And so great. <laughs> Good for Yay. I'm glad you guys did that. You know, Um, I don't, I don't know. Like this film has a lot to say, Cameron. So I'm interested to to hear you give some context with, with no limitation on spoiler. Why don't you just get into it and talk about some of the themes we've touched on some with its commentary on Hollywood and whatnot. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm definitely interested in hearing kind of what Jules has to say about, um, the movie's thoughts on, sort of motherhood and in that way. Um, cause I agree. I think this movie has, well, okay, here, here's what I'll say. Horror movies have, I think are, are very effective when they do, when they talk about a couple things, I think they're very effective when they talk about adolescence, um, and sort of growing up the fears of, of growing up, maybe social anxiety, those kinds of things. Um, and I think they're also very effective when they talk about parenthood. Uh, and I'm not sure why there's like there there's often this theme about um, maybe I, I maybe it's because those are kind of like the most anxious parts of your life is like growing up and then you know raising someone like that. It's it, I'm not sure. So it, it's possible that there's a lot of emotion wrapped up with that, and not just happiness, but also fear, anxiety, and um, you know, a lot, a lot kind of wrapped and trauma in some ways. So, um, I think horror movies can, are an effective vehicle to explore those, um, those emotions. Yeah, um, and, and, and I'd that's say why, that, that, it's that's why funny I'd because, say, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Cameron. 
I think I think we're having some delay. No, 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 it's okay. I, I think I, we're I, a little delayed, but yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, I was gonna. <laughs> I just feel so stupid because I was just gonna make a side joke, but um, I was I was gonna say that you're perfectly describing Finding Nemo, which is just a classic horror film. So, <laughs> anyways, I'll let you. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let you continue your. Thoughts. I'm not saying that it's. I'm. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying it's the only genre that can, you know, explore those things, but <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I think so in in my mind, um I don't know. This movie is well, okay. What I, what I was going to say is there's a there's an element to horror movies as well that a lot of times incorporate things like motherhood um in a very deep and interesting way that doesn't get explored as much with, with other forms of, you know, with other genres, I would say. And I think this movie wraps in a lot of the anxieties of being, being a mother, um, along with the anxieties of being connected to someone who you, you know, could just totally like sell you out for no reason, you know, like for their own gain or, you know, whatever else. Like, I think that's, I think that is, scary um there is something horrifying about that um and i i would say it's an anxiety that a lot of people kind of hold um so i don't know that's why that's why it's effective in this movie is because you 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 get the sense that like she wants she really just wants the best for her family she wants the best for you know for her and her partner and you know it hints that he's, you know, it, it's it's funny too because you never see him do anything selfish. You just hear them talk about how he's being self-centered. I guess the only well, there is that one scene, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's that's different. That's in the context of you know the the witches and whatever else. But um, the, you know, you never really see him do anything self-centered or do anything kind of. Um, that would seem like very off in that way. Um, you, there's that conversation that they have kind of early on where she talks about how he's not there, how he's really wrapped up and and self-centered in his own, um, you know, success and blah, blah, blah. But you don't, you don't sense that until too, too late, I guess. Um, Mm. and that I think is very effective in the way that it does that. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I like the, I like, the movie thematically a lot, um, how it's talking about sort of, um, it's talking about partnership and being unaware of things that, you know, that could happen or being even just being, you know, hopeful and, and naive in a way that, that damage you, damages you and damages your future. Um, and I think there's something very dark about that, uh, that is, is well explored in this movie. Yeah. I, I think you're, you're right on it. I, I do think that this movie clearly brings forward some of those, those feelings. I don't know if I was in the place to really want to explore that. I found it. I I think I found it the most like, the most exciting part of it was seeing Juliana's reaction, honestly, to it because she she was connecting more with some of the conversation around motherhood, and clearly, like those are anxieties that she's 
considered or thought about or, you know, sort of explored in some sort of mind map. And so to see it on the screen with someone going through that, she's like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is really pulling me in. All those things kind of just, and, and I've already said this, but, but with, with the ending of the movie, it felt like I wasn't able to continue the conversation with those themes, even if they are being continued. I was too distracted to be able to consider them. And it's always fun to have this diagnosis at the end where, you know, we have time to chew on it, right? I've already slept on the movie once and we're doing it in a podcast form. But if I didn't have this podcast, there's no way that I would really even want to dwell on this film that bugged me in a way, you know? And so I'm like, well, you know, it's, I can, like just your opening statements about this movie has given more context and excitement, but I think that's what this podcast is about, Cameron, right? Is like for someone casual like myself to, to walk into a film with no context and give my, my take, which is not going to be everyone's take, but like, um, only to be met with kind of your knowledge and, and context around it. Hey, I gotta be honest, guys. Like, it makes me feel pretty dumb coming on this show and and saying what I think, you know. But I don't. I like. I I don't mind. Like, I feel like this is this is part of part of the process of it, right? Where it's like I want to give my like impressions as honestly as I can because I feel like some people probably have that experience going into a movie that is well known or recommended or well reviewed, right? Um, and to just be able to expand on that conversation. I think that's the, that's the strength of our podcast. That's what I love about it. And Cameron, even your opening statements about the director, it's like, wow, like there's clearly a lot of things I don't know what's going on with this movie. And I don't know whose fault it is. Maybe it's mine. Maybe it's part of the movies. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's cool. I think there's, I think there is something special about this movie. The style and the look is beautiful. We haven't talked too much about it. I I know I mentioned it a little bit. Uh, Technicolor, Mm. like what we watched, uh, The Searchers, you know, Sound of Music, or is it Sound of Music? No. Um, The uh, Yeah, Sound of Music is. Sound of Music's on Technicolor. There's another one, too, that we watched. Um Oh my goodness, I'm totally blanking on what uh, it is. I, I'm sure there's been several. Just just an incredible incredible looking movie. Uh, any of the shots on the streets of New York are just super engaging just because of how it's old and it's beautiful and so detailed that you're just kind of drawn into the way that they do these handheld shots uh, as they're, they're, you see their profile as they're walking and whatnot. It's very... Um, it's very worth it. Do you want to mention in, tra- else? in real actual New York traffic? <laughs> yes. Yes. It was great. I love that that part of it. Um yeah, I mean I I guess I'll say like obviously um it, it is a gorgeous movie and one of the things that lends it to be a little bit more scary too is that um there's like a claustrophobia, especially like early on in the film. The apartment feel- building feels like very unsettling. Uh, it's like 
kind of disgusting and like you walk in and the early apartment you're like oh this is gross like (laughs) um and then you know she brightens it up but it still kind of feels like a little bit sickly in 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 some ways um uh speaking of sickly uh mia farrow's performance i think is really good Mm -hmm. really compelling um i think she does a great job like imposing the feeling of suspicion of um there's something like you know overtaking her in a in a way um i don't know i think there's a lot there's a lot there um and i agree with you like it's i don't think obviously it's not the scariest movie in the world but i think i think thematically it works very well um and i i would say is one that um if you haven't seen it's you know it's it's probably worth a visit i don't i don't think it's like um you know it's it's not like the greatest thing ever but i think it's a very, it's a worthwhile movie in terms of its thematic value its production um the the acting and just like how well it it handles these you know darker topics um i think it's a good example of a horror movie that can kind of still leave an impact on you but um uh, not be like jump scares or or you know making you unsettled in that way so mm. yeah oh well i we usually give movies a rating on a scale of for everyone for casuals for the curious for the cinephiles i'm gonna stamp it for the curious i don't think it's for cinephiles i think there's two there's there are a lot of approachable elements about this this movie um but i don't think that it is I don't know. I, I think there's a there's a subjective element for me that's ha- it's giving me a hard time recommending it to casuals. I really do think that this movie's pretty out there with content. Um, for 1968, it's still shocking today, and the resolution and what it's trying to say, I think, has a lot of a lot of factors that you ha- you have to be able to to be. I guess experienced enough with film to interpret and really appreciate, which I don't, I didn't have, I don't, I feel like I didn't have that in in my viewing and I'll be honest with that. So yeah, that's, that's why I have to, that's how I feel with it. Cameron, do you, do you feel like that rating is fair or do you, do you think there's a, there's a different rating? You think it's more for the casuals? No, I, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think it's probably for the casuals. Um, no, I guess it's probably for the curious. Um, I think you're right. There's there's something about it that is not like. I think if you just jumped in, if your your last movie was like, um, insidious or like paranormal activity or something, and you're like, oh, let's watch a classic horror movie, and you jumped into it, like I don't think you'd be that thrilled. Mm. Um, but I guess that's kind of like saying if you you know if your last movie was captain america civil war and you jumped into like apocalypse now you'd be like oh what is this um so i don't know it's like i feel like there's something there's something a little bit more elevated about this movie in terms of its its artistic value uh so um yeah i think i think you're probably right it's for it's for the curious Mm. yeah all right well we're gonna wrap up the show because we've hit an hour and ten cameron I know that we forgot to do your hot takes at the beginning of, of this episode. 
I also checked the Patreon patrons. You have the ability to write in questions on the show. So write in because we do check every episode, whether it's going to be at the beginning or the end. Well, it's been at the end because you guys just, we know that you don't write in. So write in questions, patrons. You have that ability. Cameron, the question for the hot take for this episode, which we usually do at the beginning, is what is your favorite interpretation of the devil in movies? Go ahead. Fire away. <laughs> Tenacious D in the pick of destiny. <laughs> 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 that's good that's a good yeah that's a really good choice i i didn't even consider that for me i think it has to be uh uh what is it is it hades in hercules i don't know who voices him but he is just awesome like mm. what a what an exciting um presence yeah, yeah, that he yeah. has and very funny in that film so uh just in, in theme with the movie cameron He's that's good yeah I was going to ask you about this hot take section, Cameron. Should we expand it outside of movies? Should I just throw like, I don't know, topical questions at you? What? Some sort of like political policy questions or something wild? Because you are the king of hot takes. I feel like this this has a lot of potential. (laughs) Okay. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, it'd be, it'd be fun. We, We could do, you could, you could take it in any direction that you want. I'll answer your questions. Uh, let me just put this out there too. If you're a patron, you can affect this section of the show. I am telling you right now, you have full reign to pick Cameron's brain. He is an extremely intelligent individual. If you can't tell from the, from this podcast, I mean, he's well-versed on film, you know, that I don't think there's anything hotter than that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're going to throw all the questions at you, Cameron. You're very knowledgeable on more than just film. So we, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to hear some hot takes. That's what people almost know. You just put it on your gravestone. You know, I feel like that's that's what it's all about with you. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that makes you a great podcaster. Cameron, I'm going to wrap it up. I know we're, we have weird lag. I'll edit it. Hopefully nobody ever hears anything strange on this. Uh, do you have any closing comments? Um, no. Okay. Well, we post every Monday. Uh, so make sure to subscribe to us <laughs> on however you listen to your podcast. We're excited for horror month. We're going to get into it. We have a lot of special things for patrons. Again, our discord is live. Uh, we will have a post on Patreon where you can join that discord. Even if you are a free member, you don't support us. Go to patreon.com slash ECFS productions to get access to that discord. We're doing a special event. Where we're watching a movie all together in a live stream. It's going to be awesome. We already tested the tech. I'm excited for that. It's going to be a fun evening and you can support us there vote on what shows or what movies you want us to watch this month we'll see you guys next monday cinema spectator is an ecfs productions podcast that is fully funded on patreon.com shout out to our producers darren o'neill and tim smith for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at patreon.com slash ecfs productions if you want to learn more about the benefits you can get check out our patreon the show cannot happen without you great listeners so we thank you for all your kindness and support Music.